0: Were you aware that the Olympic torch was an invention and propaganda instrument of the Nazi party? I wasn't either until I read Rabbi Meir Soloveitchik's recent commentary magazine article chronicling the torch's ignominious origin as the brainchild of Nazi propaganda minister Joseph Goebbels approaching the 1936 Berlin Games. Meanwhile, one of the astounding confluences that the Jewish calendar produces is the thematic connection between various holidays and the coinciding Torah portions. This is especially so of Hanukkah, on or about which we always read of Yosef's descent to Egypt and rise to royalty, a story that in several ways presages the later historical narrative we've been celebrating this week. For example, we witnessed the emergence of several Yehudas, the patriarch of a tribe, and the Maccabee, respectively, as heroic figures in both the biblical and Hanukkah accounts. One such resemblance relates to the dreams that Yosef interprets for Paro and that ultimately catapult him to his redemptive status. The Egyptian emperor's visions find seven skinny cows consuming seven plump ones. As Rabbi Shimon Schwab notes, this conjures an immediate association with the remarkable Hanukkah epic in which a small and ragtag band of Jewish traditionalists routs the Syrian Greek superpower the mighty in the hands of the few, as the Alanisim prayer describes it. Of course, we understand that what is true militarily is certainly true in the realm of ideas. The Jews, with their insistence on the presence of holiness in the world, on the sanctity of man and on the curtailing of human pleasures in service of a higher power, opposed the Syrian Greeks on the most fundamental level. Their stance was, and remains, unpopular, but they battled for it with every bit of conviction and ingenuity they could muster. Their inheritance has been handed to us across generations in a decidedly distinct form of fire, a tiny flame. Unlike the raging torch that the accursed Nazis conceived as a symbol of raging power, the little lights of the Chanukia represent a subtler, softer, and nobler commitment to the principle of right over might. These truths have rarely been self-evident in a historical landscape that often has privileged power and crude force over the dignity of ideas and the pursuit of holiness. Even us modern observers, living in a time of relatively muted hostilities, recognize this stench in every act of violent anti-Semitism and in every duplicitous double standard levied at the world's only Jewish country in the halls of world power. We detect Greek echoes in a dominant culture that enshrines the human being while diminishing the divine, that brooks unfettered moral decline while ridiculing any constraints or attempts to channel human drives. As Jews, we understand that truth and righteousness are established neither by democratic vote nor by autocratic fiat. Their value is inherent, immune to the currents of popular approval or defiance. Our ideas about God and humankind have outlasted Empires and endured the harshest exilic conditions. Here we stand, flourishing as a people precisely because of our fealty to the soft power of spiritual ideals and a repudiation of the Greek and Nazi-like worship of soulless hegemony. At a moral mechanica event this past week in Washington, DC. Rabbi Teitelbaum, our host for the evening, noted that our holiday is the only one that spans two Hebrew months. It begins on the 25th of Kislev and concludes eight days later in Tevet. As such, within Chanukah itself, we observe the moon wane to near obscurity and begin to wax again on its march towards renewed prominence. Truly an apt metaphor for a Jewish people whose physical condition societal acceptance, and ideological influence may fluctuate over time, but whose commitment to spiritual principles can never be supplanted. Shabbat Shalom, Chodesh Tov, and Chanukah Sameach.